Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight here on the show. It is the show where conversations save lives. We're glad that you're a part of the conversation with us, Jeff with you tonight and my trusty valedictorian dw how you doing man good very good yourself i'm doing well i'm doing well are you graduating from anything am i graduating from anything no do you, do you remember a time when you were do you remember what that felt like kind of there's an excitement that's brewing and there's also that oh man what's this going to be like you know what what do i expect yep. in that so also joining us on the show, Jason, program director at Silver Birch Ranch. How you doing, man? I am doing great. I'm excited. Camp start summer for us starts in six days. Oh man, today, and so the countdown and the preparations are full fledged. We are excited. Weather's beautiful. There's nothing that could be greater. Yep. Except being here with you guys. How's that maze coming? Oh, it's coming. I gave a, a sneak week or, or a sneak week, <laughs> a sneak peek a few weeks back of the holes, and that's probably the only sneak peek. There's a little peek, so it's a weak peek. Guys will, yeah, it's, it's a weak peek. <laughs> it's a little bit of a weak peek. <laughs> but if you want to see the actual maze, you got to come out here to Silver. And if Ranch. you go through the maze, it's a week. You can get a weak peek, and if you go to the middle, you can eat a peep in the weak peek. Peek, weak peek. <laughs> Sorry. See that 50 times fast. And that, my friend, is why I'm not a Packer fan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how that has any relevance to anything. But. Uh, and Mike Ott is back with us. And I always enjoy having you, Mike, on the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's great being here uh, this evening and uh, hanging out with you guys. It's always a... Uh, Awesome opportunity just to have conversation. Good deal. Make sure to check out the show notes. We're going to post the link there on how you can get up to Silver Birch Ranch and be a part of summer camp. It is pretty easy, but go check out hopeman360.com and check out tonight's show notes on that. So, uh, guys, graduation is pretty much right around the corner. It's hard to believe this school year is wrapping up for so many students, high schoolers, college students, maybe graduate students, or if you're working on a PhD or something, this is... You know, some of you probably submitted your last paper, and so all of that ceremonial stuff is coming up. And I figured we just we should probably do a conversation about graduation and just some stuff that we've learned along the ways, and maybe that you guys have. So be a part of this conversation. I want to encourage you guys. You're listening. Be on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Be a part of the HopeNet Radio tweet back tonight with us. But guys, as we're looking at, I mean, literally. This is this is it for so many students, high schoolers or college students. This is that point of the year where you know it's graduation, it's the end of one chapter and moving into a new chapter. There are so many students today that will graduate high school and sometimes find it a little bit difficult or challenging uh, in some ways to adjust to this new season in life. How did you guys feel? I mean, how many graduations have you guys gone through and, and what did you feel? Were they different? I mean, you, you had uh, you know, I had four graduations in my life. 
So, you, you know, each one of them was different. Hmm. Uh, kindergarten I graduated from. Oh, they they did that. To, I was wondering what the fourth <laughs> in, was. In my school, they, they graduated from kindergarten. You, you actually had a cap and gown and the whole works there, so that was pretty cool. Everybody's a winner. That's right, man. <laughs> um, but then, I mean, high school, college, and then my master's degree programs. But every one of them was different in how I felt. You guys, how many graduations, and what did you think when you graduated? What were you feeling? Thinking about it now, I, 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 got, I went through four, too. I would have never counted kindergarten, but yeah. I had oh, boy. There you go, man. I, I had a, I think it was blue when I was older, but it, or a blue gown. I think when I was older, it turned purple, but I still have it somewhere in my stuff. It was my huh. kindergarten uh, cap and Does gown. Does it still fit? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So I don't. I couldn't tell you much about kindergarten graduation. I don't remember that. I couldn't either. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I threw it in there. Uh, there you go. So uh, high school, high school is a big thing. Uh, you did, you know, going into uh, the world, so to speak. Uh, college was a big one for me, just graduating college. Uh, seminary, uh, when I graduated seminary, that was probably my least one. In fact, I didn't even go to graduation that day. Uh, I had a, I was working with a baseball team, so we had a road trip. So I'm leaving on the bus and driving past, seeing everybody graduate. And I saw the guest speaker, and I was really bummed when I saw the guest speaker because it happened to be Chuck Norris was my commencement speaker for uh, seminary, oh. which was a little better yeah. than McCain for my <laughs> graduation <laughs> in college. But I was kind of yeah. a little bummed that I did miss that. But I, I really, I didn't really care that I missed my graduation for seminary. I was. Uh, invested with my baseball team and helping them and stuff. It's interesting. You're focusing on the future. I, I too, I missed two out of four of my graduations. I was at kindergarten one. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> and, and I, That's good. That's yeah, good. And, and I was at my college one. I really couldn't wait for that to be over. Wait, what about high school? I, I didn't go. My high school was a Chicago public school. I think there were like 1,200 kids graduating and they had to rent a big theater downtown. And uh, to stand there and go through 1,200 names, I begged my father not to make me do that. I suppose you're at W, so. Yeah, I begged. You know, And so I, I didn't go to my high school. And, in the, and the high school was thrilled. Anyone that didn't want to go, they handed you a diploma right there and said thank you. I mean, it was, it was, that, kind of, oh, wow. it was wow. that kind of thing because of the numbers, the sheer numbers of people in a Chicago public school. And my master's degree program I didn't go to either. I just went and uh, moved up here north and decided not to go. And uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't have that much. It was classes you drove to, and it, you didn't really know the other people in the class and that kind of thing. So it wasn't all that, that, that important. You know, it's it's interesting to see graduation to some people is a, a real end and a celebration, and to others, it's it's just a necessary step in the future. And it, everyone's a little different. That's why I was asking you guys how you how you thought, uh, Jason. What about your graduations? Yeah, I, I now that I think of it, I did have a kindergarten graduation. There you go. So I, I'm part of that group. I, I even had an eighth grade graduation. Oh, man. I, I well, I did too, but there was no cap and gown. <laughs> well, I, we had a cap and gown. So, no, well, that's weird. Know. So yeah. that was kind of – so I, I've technically been to four. All right. Um, but, uh, no, I would say I, I, I would be similar to yours, Dave. Um, I, I, I actually – except I went to my high school graduation, but I didn't want to. <laughs> um, my parents wanted me to, so I there went. There you go. Because um, at, at that point, I was coming up to volunteer here, ironically, at Silver Ranch. Yeah, well, me too. Actually, and, uh, uh, only years before that. And so I wanted to come up here for training and stuff, but it was before. I, I, yeah, I actually right. traveled back just to graduate and then came yeah. back up. Um, but for me, I'd probably say the, the most significant graduation was probably my, my college one, um, just because it's like, all right, you know, because to some degree within our culture after high school, the next step 
right. you know, typically is some sort of further education, whether it's college or a tech school or a community college or that sort of thing. But once you finish that college, it's not necessarily a given, you know, and so you're just excited about, all right, God, you know, up until this point in my life, school's been the option, right. you know, or, or the, the biggest option. And, and that was the first point. It's like, all right, now what do I do? And I, that was when I ended up going to Ireland, which was kind of right. crazy. But right. yeah, so it's for me, it was it was fun transitions. You know, it was time to celebrate the fun that I had. But I was I was more excited about the next step ahead. Yeah, you know, I was too. I mean, I was looking forward, and that's why the graduation itself it was okay. I wanted to celebrate yeah. a little bit, but it's more like. All right, now I took that step. Let's take the next step. And I was kind of looking for that. Yeah, yeah. If you are graduating right now and you've got some questions for us on our experience, shoot us an email to hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Twitter. Be a part of the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can shoot us questions, whatever you want to know about graduation or commencement speeches or if you need a, I guess, a commencement speech or something. I don't know. Maybe we can come up with a commencement speech. I don't know. But anyway. Be a part of the conversation with us tonight. Make sure you thank HopeNet360 Radio in your speech. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So be a part of this conversation, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Mike with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us. Be a part of the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. It's HopeNet Radio tweet back. And tonight, we're talking about graduation. We're getting ready for graduation. Some of you guys will be graduating high school or college or, or kindergarten. Kindergarten. Don't forget kindergarten. I can't say we don't have kindergartners listening to the show. You've got to reach out to the young listeners. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to the young listeners tonight. So thank you guys for joining us here on the show. Graduation is a, is a change in seasons for many of us, and sometimes it can be difficult to navigate. One of the things, one of the questions that I, I want to kind of bring up tonight and talk about is why is it that so many students graduate and they keep the faith? After they graduate, whether it's kindergarten or eighth grade or, you know, generally high school, college, how do how do these students actually manage to keep the faith? What do you guys see young people doing? I think a lot of times uh, the first word that came to my mind was intentionality. I think that especially when you leave high school and you go into college in order to keep the faith, I think it's those that are intentional about it that actually do, you know, whether they go to a state university, a private Christian college or anything like that. You know, they have set in their mind already that they're going to be intentional about continuing their walk with God, whether it's getting involved in, you know, whatever it's, whatever campus outreach organization that's there or different things like that. I remember when I was done with high school, I went up to a Northwestern in, in St. Paul and uh, going in before I even went there, I had two goals. Um, and I said, I, I want to get plugged in in the ministry and get connected with the church. And then I want to get connected with the family. That way I can be mentored and come alongside of that family so that I can grow and be challenged and even turn around and invest in them. And within uh, a month, both of those prayer requests were answered, uh, which was kind of cool. So I think, I think it starts with, with intentionality, which can be coupled, I think, with, with you know, even this idea of realistic expectations um, and just setting expectations that you can meet. Um, that way you don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah. I think what you really need to think about is, is what you are – going to do with the changes in your life and the things that don't change. Yeah. I mean, in, in all of life, uh, there are changes. But in all areas, in all of life, there are things that don't change. 
And the problem is a lot of us haven't spent time preparing with the things that don't change. And those who are successful, they've understood the things that do not change. My relationships with with people, I'm going to have relationships the rest of my life. I, I need to make sure that my relationships are intentional, they're, they're, they're healthy, that kind of thing. Uh, with my parents, with those, you know, those, with my bosses, with my whatever else, I'm always going to have relationships. God isn't going to change. I need to make sure that I have a relationship with God and that, that that's stable. So I, I think those that really do well down the road and, and make it are those that understand that there are some things that, that really do change and that you have to let go. I, I do still have my letter sweater from my high school days. However, I don't wear it except for, you know, to be funny. Why? Because things change. Do they even give letter sweaters anymore? I don't think they give the sweaters. I know that they give... Yeah. I got a letter when I was in college, Yeah, but they didn't give you anything to put it on. Yeah. They just give you a letter. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a letter sweater, just like, you know, uh, Fonzie and, and Happy Days kind of guy. <laughs> and it, it, people, when I wear it, think, oh, that's from the 50s. I graduated in the 70s, so they were still doing it that way, where they gave you a white uh, kind of Mr. Rogers sweater. Ah, uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, and they they would put a, a letters on it, and you would have like I had three letters, four letters on there, and and you know you'd wear this thing uh, as a big show off thing or something. I'm not sure why you'd wear it, but it's still in my basement, and it still fits. So it's one of those things where you, you know. But guess what? Times have changed. Now it's only a joke when you wear it. Yeah. Do they still do class rings? I remember back in the day they used to do that. I got mm-hmm. one. Did Is you? Yep. I didn't know if they still did that. Yeah, I got one, wore it for two days, and put it in my drawer. <laughs> I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I hate this thing. I, you know, I never had a ring before. I don't like jewelry, so I, I realized that after I bought it. You could probably order a Super Bowl ring if you wanted to. That's uh, probably true. Yeah, well, I'd probably not wear that either. <laughs> the, 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 bottom, the bottom line really is, I, I think those that are healthy, Jeff, when I think about it, are those who will embrace change, but always keep the things that don't change. Uh, intentional about their life and, and make sure those things are strong. Yeah. yeah, that is that is interesting. Why do you think we need to embrace change? I mean, isn't isn't change just going to happen naturally? You could fight it. I mean, some people want to stay, you know, a child all of their life. You graduate from high school and you're used to living a certain way. You, you don't have the responsibilities of, of paying car insurance yet, maybe. You don't have the, I mean, you don't have a lot of responsibilities. You'd like it to stay that way. Yeah. In fact, one of the, the dangers is actually going back and, and letting things remain as they are. In other words, I can't make it on my own, so I'm, I'm going to go back, live at home. Mom and dad could pay the cable bill. Mom and dad could do this. Mom and dad could do that. See, w- what it is is we don't want things to change. We don't want that kind of responsibility. We don't want to do that. However, those that embrace change say, okay, here's a different chapter now in my life. I need to embrace the idea that it's going to be different Yet, I still have these solid relationships, the things that don't change, with God, with my parents, with other Christian friends. So, I really continue. In life, you'll find that, that it's like an onion. You peel away the stuff that you're not going to use. But there's, at the core, there's things that are always going to be there. And, and you want to work on those. And those that are successful understand the difference. So, if I'm trying to guard the fact that I earn this letter sweater and I'm going to wear it, no matter what, then everyone else is looking at me like, you're a goofball. I mean, really. <laughs> what I need to understand is, no, times have changed, and the letter sweater that at one time was a prestigious thing is now nothing but a joke in a skit. And I'm okay with that. 
Say, I'm okay with that. You see how things have changed. I mean, it it was very prestigious. Mm. Now it's laughed at. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know what? The thing that hasn't changed, I still love my family. I still have God in my life, and I love him, and I walk with him. I still serve him here at Silver Birch Ranch. I mean, those kinds of things. The things that don't change are the things that actually help me be successful. And and, uh, unfortunately, we have too many people uh, really involved in things that change. People pour their lives into, like, technology. Yeah, That's good. Learn it all you want. Guess, guess how long that's going to last. That's going to change in the next five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, that is. And, and unless you keep up with it, you're going to spend forever trying to keep up with that one. You can spend your life trying to be someone in athletics. By the time you're 30, you're considered old. That's going to change. You can't, you can't do anything about that. Um, and so it's, it, I just want to encourage our listeners, look at those things that don't change and invest in them. And, and really invest, number one being God. In the Bible, I love where it says, you know, I am God. I do not change. I'm thinking, all right, that's where I'm anchoring everything right there. Why? Because whether I'm sick or healthy, old or young, whatever job I'm at, whatever place I'm at in the universe, there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's God. I'm going to anchor to that. And uh, those that are successful, that's what they do. And, and if you don't understand that, we invite you to um, contact HopeNet360.com, talk to a live coach. I mean, they're, they're ready standing by talk, to talk to you right now. And it, you really need that stability in your life no matter what. And then you can embrace change. Because everything changes, but you still have this solidness in your life. That's an important thing to to also realize is there are people that will help walk with you through life. And especially in change like this, this could be a, a season in life where it can be a little bit confusing. You know, you're kind of, for some of us, there's maybe work or something lined up after graduation. But for others, it's kind of like, what am I going to do now? You know, trying to maybe get a job after you graduate college and find something in your field if you haven't done that already and that hasn't really worked out the way you thought it would. You know what? Change isn't always easy and it's not always just really simple and, and without any waves in life. And that can be hard to manage. So I just want to encourage you to go and chat with a live coach if, you, if that's you tonight and you need to talk to somebody. Uh, you can also be going through something totally different. You might not be graduating, but you might be going through life and things may be just difficult right now for you. Go and chat with the live coach as well. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Make sure to check out our show notes at HopeNet360.com tonight. Lots of links, lots of different videos and stuff we're not quite talking about but fit into tonight's conversation and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Also, you can download every podcast that we've done at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can subscribe there and we're on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, lots of different apps that you can use to listen to this show and hope that you guys are getting something out of this. You can also let us know on the tweet back tonight how you're feeling, what you're going through, and we'd love to hear from you. So we're talking kind of about graduation and I uh, kind of quipped as we started the show that Dave is my valedictorian and uh, you know I don't know if you were ever a valedictorian in any of your uh, graduating classes Dave but you know in no. life sometimes there's this competition between young people of who's going to graduate at the top of their class and you know there's some of those are pursuits but I don't know have you have you been in that position where you were fighting for nope. top of the class no not quite nope nope school was something I went to not even in kindergarten nope <laughs> school was something I went to but I was enjoying being a boy and doing other things besides school so 
you know, I, I did what I needed to do to get through school. Like I, I always tell people, I'm not that smart. I just have a lot of experience. So, you know, it's one of those things. The, the ironic part was I never, I, you know, I really wasn't a school guy. I mean, I didn't like school. I became a teacher, and I went and got my <laughs> master's in it. Talk about, you know, talk about silly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love my life. I love teaching. I love that kind of stuff. And, and I guess sometimes the uh, uh, guys who coach different sports were never all that good at the sport, but they could still coach, and they turn out to be okay coaches. <laughs> I, 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 that's the only analogy I have is I love teaching. I just never was a very good student I guess. it makes sense because you're ago. probably thinking you know my teachers all mess with my head they didn't really teach me something so i'm gonna go back to school i'm gonna actually teach kids how they're supposed to be taught so I, yeah i do teach very uniquely so i uh, it could be um, because i i do have some specific ideas about education but uh, i did go through the system got my master's in it so I, it, it's not that i'm against all school i just i must admit that there were a lot of classes i sat through and uh, endured and did what I needed to do and did a good job, but I was asking the question, why am I sitting through this class? Mm. Um, and and how does this relate to anything important? And I, I do think that, um, you know, it'd be good for people to understand that those feelings actually exist and you can still graduate and still do what you're supposed to. You don't always get in life to do what just excites you to do. It doesn't really matter. You need to do it well and finish it. And again, I think that's a sign of those who are successful down the road. What does that mean? Like you don't get to do everything that excites you, or well, in other words, I, I was, I, I, you know, I never, I can't spell worth worth a lick. I'm not very good at English. You go into English classes. English classes, you know, they're reading poetry. They're, they're, they're quoting the Raven, and I'm sitting there going, "Why do I need to know this?" <laughs> and I mean, I, I, or I went into art appreciation in college, and. And I didn't appreciate it. You know, I mean, I, I, I basically was looking at things going, you're supposed to teach me to appreciate this. I, I don't. You know, I mean, it, it's not something that excites me. However, that doesn't matter. You still need to learn and do. I mean, in, in life, at, right now at Silver Birch Ranch, when there's a plugged toilet, I still plunge it. You know, I'm not all jumping up and down for that opportunity. But you, you have to learn in life to do what you need to do and do it well, whether you like it or not. And. Uh, and when you graduate, um, hopefully it made a statement that you were able to do that. And, and in the future, you're going to have the same challenges. It never, it never, ever gets easier. For those who graduate right now and, and are successful, what they've realized is that it doesn't get easier in life. They keep thinking, when I'm done with school, I'll be able to do this. Y- you know what? It gets more complicated the older you get. I don't care what age you are. You keep piling more stuff on. You know, I thought when you know I got out of high school, it'd be different. And college football, I mean, it took forever. Then out of there, then I had to find a job and then work my job. And then I, and and oh man, when you know I get married, when I got married, and that added two families into one, and and then we had kids, and that added a whole bunch of other stuff. And then the kids get older and they move away. Now we got to go see them. And I'm telling you, it never gets easier. Yeah. So I would go back to what I said in the first segment: find out what doesn't change and put your effort into that stuff, Mm. uh, because that'll get you through everything. And, and everything else changes, and you hopefully learned through the process. So I guess the statement, um, you don't have to you know, like everything you do, uh, you, you don't, but you still need to do it well. You, you need to do things you don't like. It's not all about me and, and just things that I like. Um, and those of you that are graduating, you understand what I'm saying because you obviously went through classes that you found irrelevant, that you had to sit there and expand your mind and do something and and yet at the same point you did 
you're able to go on now and do something else, and hopefully it, it did teach you some discipline or something. Yeah. Jason, Mike, I'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, what does it mean for a teenager? And talking about teenager parents or college graduate and their parents, how do how do teens need their parents to support them so that they keep their faith as they go off to college or go off to their next season in life? I love the question that we're talking about. Uh, normally, you hear the question, why did teens walk away? Yeah. Uh, um, this one is, what made you stick? So, are basically um, thinking of my own life, what made me different? What made me, 13 years later, be sitting and talking on the radio about Jesus, about a relationship with him, about student ministry and all that kind of stuff. What well, made me keep the faith over the last 13 years? Uh, and looking at graduations, uh, let's be honest, high school graduation is probably the most scariest graduation of all the ones I've ever done. Uh, and it's the most anticipated. You uh, you don't want to pay the car bills, yeah. uh, but at the same time, you want to be treated as an adult. For me, that was a, a big thing. And uh, I look back over my youth group, you know, 30, 40 teenagers, and kind of see where they're at today, what made me different. And I think for me, it was my parents. Uh, that was a, it played a big role. They still um, play a big role in my life, uh, as well as the people that were either in my boat because I put them in my boat, like my youth pastor and some of the, my college professors and stuff like that. What does that mean, put them in your boat? Put them in a boat means basically put them around you, put them closest to you. Uh, if it's if you're out in a boat, you want the right people in your boat that know what they're doing. Uh, and sometimes there's the wrong people and you want to get them out of your boat. <laughs> so that means throw them overboard. Uh, <laughs> like Jonah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Got it. I can do that. Yeah, And some of those people I put in my life and put them in my boat, so to speak. And then others, God put them in there. Uh, I was thinking today of a, a guy who just, he, uh, just passed away not that long ago. And uh, he invested in me a little bit. He was a, a father of another teenager in the youth group, uh, another parent. And he wrote me a letter on a missions trip that I was going on my senior year. And I got the letter when I was in Mexico, and I read it. And I still have that letter today. When I'm in ministry and I'm feeling down, sometimes I'll pull that letter out and I'll read it. It's funny how something can be so life-changing. There's a lot of people that were in my boat uh, and, you know, my parents, other other youth parents, and some other people in my life. So, What specifically did your parents do to help you stay connected in your faith? Uh, they owned their own faith. I saw what they did on Sundays and Wednesdays, of course, but I saw what they did throughout the week. And if there's anything I encourage parents on is don't raise your kid in church, raise your kid in Jesus. You taking them to church isn't good enough. I see plenty of uh, churchgoers, they take their kids to church every time the church doors are open, uh, but they don't live that out at home. And that's huge to a teenager who wants realness. And uh, I think that was one of the things that I saw through my parents is they lived out their faith, and then they challenged me to own my own faith. So when I did graduate, I wasn't living on my parents' faith. I wasn't living on my youth pastor's faith. I wasn't living on my friend's faith. I was living on my own faith. And uh, as a parent, whether your kid's graduating or your kid was just born (laughs) this year, um, that's an important thing to model that for them, raise them not just in the church. Yeah, take them to the church because the church is very important, but raise them in Jesus and, and model a lifestyle for them um, and then encourage them to own their own faith. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about what that means to raise young people in Jesus, but then also how do how do parents, you know, this is the other, the other side of it too, how do parents launch 
their teenager or even their college graduate into their faith into the next season of life. So keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us here tonight on the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Mike Ott back with us tonight on the show. And You can be a part of this conversation with us. Join us on the tweet back. We are on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, if you miss any part of this show, you'll be able to go back and download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio app, whatever you use. You can go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast. That's where you can find the links for any one of those apps and go and download the podcast. So be a part of this conversation. We've been talking about graduation. It's hard to believe we're already nearing the end of May and it's graduation season. Literally some of, for some of you, if you've graduated college, you know, you're going through that, that transition right now. And you're just in that point where life is starting to look more real than it's looked before. You know, you come to one end here and maybe you've accomplished a, a big goal that you set for yourself and graduated college or getting a certain GPA or getting into another school. Maybe you're going to graduate school or I don't know. I mean, life itself right now, this is kind of a big moment of transition for a lot of people. In this part of this conversation, guys, I'd like to talk about how parents can launch their kids into adulthood and some of those things that maybe that you did. And Dave, you're kind of the, the only guy here right now that's actually launched successfully kids into adulthood. Every other one of us either is in the process of having kids or has young kids. So we're not really quite that experienced. And I'm kind of wondering if you'd share some insight with us on that. I think I'd go back to the idea that there are some things that don't change and there are some things that do and we have to know the difference and embrace them. The truth of the matter is that every parent is working and allowing their children to be independent one day. And when they become independent, we have become successful. It isn't that we failed at that point. And so we need to make sure to understand that, that independence is actually a good thing, not a bad thing, as far as being able to make decisions and, and live on their own and be able to, to do what they need to do. One of the things I do with my students often is during the, the year here at Nicolay Bible Institute, you know, I have the role of a teacher. And towards the end of the year, I tell them my role will change. I tell them this, you know, I, I'm not going to be your teacher anymore. I'm going to be somebody that cheers you on. I'm going to be your fan at this point, and, uh, and I will continue to work towards helping you be successful, but at a different level. And um, I, I know that some of the students commented in writing to me on that, saying thank you. You know, thank you for making the transition and, and allowing us to grow up, you know, and, and that's part of it. It's not that I'm abandoning them. I'm not going to, but I'm going to watch them differently now. I'm going to cheer them. I'm going to reprove, rebuke, exhort them. But, but I'm going to allow them to make decisions and back off a little bit. I, I know with our daughters, you know, I had one daughter that went uh, right after college. She went to Honduras for two years. And it was important that we supported that and let her go and become what God wanted her to there. And I think it was a great experience for her. She's now very successful down in, uh, in the Milwaukee area as a social worker and really in, in, in demand by different uh, people and that kind of thing as far as what she does. She's finished her master's work in social work, and, and she's doing real well. And we helped her along the way get set up, but we did stay out of her way as far as controlling her at that point. We spent a lot of time with our kids when they were younger, ministering together and doing things. And when they 
graduated from college, it was really time to support them, but not to actually try and control them. Uh, that has to be for God to do at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, our other daughter, when she finished school, we actually took her to a, a, the city. We asked her this question, you know, find a place. She was a teacher, and we asked her, find a place where you would get involved in a church, where you would be able to minister, where you could have the stuff that doesn't change. You know, we, we talked to her about that. And she did. She found a, a city where she wanted to go, and she's actually down in Appleton area. And then we went down with her and helped her find an apartment, and we gave her uh, the first month's rent we took care of, the deposit we took care of. Uh, we filled her refrigerator. We got her the staples that she needed. She didn't have a job yet. We said, next month, uh, we'll do three quarters of your rent. The month after that, half. The month after that, a quarter. And then you're on your own. You know what I mean? And you need to have a job by then. And, uh, and we told her, as soon as you get a job, then we're stopping. And she got a job the next day, so we never even had to do the next month um, kind of thing. But in, in the process, we weren't abandoning her. We were doing what we needed to do to get her launched and be on her own. That was very hard for uh, both my wife and I to do because our, our human spirit was saying, hang on to this kid. She can live at home cheaper. You need to control her decisions. You're really going to let her make decisions without you all the time. Yes, that's what we trained her for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we, we did. And, and we had a change from um, having a minor and somebody that we had to help make decisions to somebody that we had to help guide in decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a different mind frame. So I would encourage parents to uh, be willing to make a change. Uh, you cannot think that when your child graduates from high school or college that things are going to be the same when they come home. And if you make it that way, you're going to estrange them. No, I think that that really hits on, you know, because even as I look back at my experience, obviously I'm not a parent at, at this point. I, well, I am a parent, but not of right. graduating high schoolers. But um, looking back at my parents, my parents did exactly that. I would say that my relationship with them grew because of it, you know, because I saw that they were intentionally changing their relationship with me and becoming my biggest ally, you know, and giving me the freedom to make my own choices, even when it was choices that maybe... They cringed at. Exactly. You know, but because of that, my relationship with them deepened and grew. Yeah. And I would, I would say that my daughter's relationship with my wife and I is excellent today. Yeah, absolutely. And, And, and that has and and you're witnessing the same thing. Yep, absolutely. So I would say that it, it sounds spot on. It's a different mindset too, like you said, Dave, to actually launch your kids into making their own decisions and letting them do that, realizing that they very well could fail. You know, they yep. very well, like you think of a little bird that just kind of goes for the first time flying out of the nest and, you know, they kind of spend some time on the ground trying to figure out their bearings. And then they finally, when you see that little bird, just take off and fly. It's it's cool to see from a human perspective, see a bird do that. But even in life, that's kind of what we're training our yeah. kids to do is to actually take off and launch and have the confidence to fly. And you don't set out, you don't sit on the edge of a cliff. And if you're, you know, if you're any kind of a bird, you wouldn't sit on the edge of the cliff and no. launch out for the first time unless you're an eagle. But, you know, usually you find some ground that's close to you and you take some steps and you kind of get your bearings. And then one day you just go. And uh, that's the point every parent wants their kid to get to. And I just, I think too, as as students, and some of you guys don't have that, maybe that great of a home life. And so this is kind of that the conversation is kind of difficult because you're kind of like, I wish I had parents that would help me with this, but I feel so alone. I feel like, you know, I'm living this faith thing myself. I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability, and I'm not really 
making such good ground on it. I feel like I'm losing ground. And I don't know if that's you tonight, if you're feeling like that, but you can always go chat with a live coach because that can be a difficult thing, especially when you're living in a family where there aren't a lot of Christians or kind of my story a little bit is to have a parent that was really involved in church and the one that really wasn't a spiritual leader in the home. And so there's kind of that tension going on as well. And, and they're just different realities. Some of us have really great families. Others just... They don't have that. And, and it's not to say that you can't be someone who is strong in their faith. I want to encourage you, especially if you're you're in that spot tonight, you can do this. You can keep the faith. You don't need to necessarily have the family to know that God is going to be in control. God is so much bigger than our current situations. That's, a, that's kind of a good thing to keep in mind, too. Yeah, you know what? I would encourage you. My dad did not have what I had with my kids. His dad was a an alcoholic who beat people up and and really wasn't active in his life. And it's my generation that learned from my dad how to do it right because he decided to do it differently. And if you're listening today and you don't have uh, the family structure and some of that in place, you know, you can look at that as an excuse not to make good decisions or you can look at it as a challenge to change the future and, and change the future direction. And the way you do that is by spending time with God, with people who love God, with the right people in your boat, as Mike would say. And, and you make sure that, that the future generations can do this thing right and you start the new trend. It's very tiring sometimes to, to look at people who keep looking for reasons to fail rather than for reasons to be successful. And if you're graduating, I, I encourage you, look for reasons to be successful and do this thing right. Hmm. Get involved, uh, like I said, with the things that don't change. Find a mentor who loves God and let them talk you through these things. Get involved in a local church that teaches the Bible. You will not regret those things because those are things, no matter what happens in life, that you're going to need down the road. So get them in place now. And it's it's a, also a good plug, too, for those who are a little bit further along in their faith. Maybe you are graduating from college. Be a mentor. Mentoring is such a, a neat opportunity for so many people to do. And it's not that difficult to do. It's just looking for that person who is just kind of struggling. They're kind of floundering. They're not sure what to do. And maybe they're intimidated by change. I think, especially for me, if I didn't have parents who had gone through some change that I could go to them and say, hey, have you been, have you gone through this? Have you been in this spot before? Some of them don't have that. Being a mentor is a huge thing, and I can, we can talk more about that when we come back here in the show. Remember, you can connect with us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Mike with you tonight. Guys, we were chatting a lot about graduation, changing in seasons, and and especially that part of the conversation, talking about parents, and sometimes life isn't always easy. This part of the conversation, I'd like to kind of hear from, probably from you, Dave, a little bit, on what it's like for a teacher to graduate students and to essentially launch these young people into the next stage of their life, whether they're high schoolers or I don't know. I don't know exactly what grades you taught, but from an educator standpoint, how do teachers look at graduation? Yeah, you know what? I I actually just talked to the students in Nicolet Bible Institute about this. Um, my last class, it's always a tough class for me because I realized that uh, that last class, I will never have that group together like that ever again in history. And it's it's for me, it's a difficult moment. I've done some sissy things, some some things, but I tell the class ahead of time I do it this way. Uh, I will not say goodbye to them. I will hide. I don't want to say goodbye. After all these years, that's the hardest thing for me to do mm. is to uh, say goodbye. 
because you spent your year at, at the Nicolay Bible Institute or any other teacher, you spent your year pouring into these kids, and uh, they're leaving. And you know that your role in that in that particular area is finished. You know, um, it's not that uh, my role won't change and I'll be their fan, like I said before, but my role as a teacher in those specific areas is now finished. And to me, that's a sad moment because um, you look forward to those. You look forward to the opportunity to impart something good. So I guess as a teacher, my, my thoughts are usually, man, I, I'm really glad that we're at the point where we're at. And I'm also sad to see it end. But you can't just keep going on teaching the same thing over and over again. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, So you need to come to a point where you finish and you launch. And that's what we talked about in the other segment. And teachers do the same thing. Uh, I'm afraid if if a teacher doesn't feel that way, they should reevaluate why they're teaching. Because we really need to be people who love the people that we work with. I remember, uh, you know, this is my 48th summer here at Silver Birch Ranch. And uh, one thing that I've realized through the years is that every group that ever comes in, I say goodbye to. And that's hard. So I haven't been so good at saying goodbye. I just kind of disappear. Some of the students know that and they'll chase me down. And uh, if they chase me down, I'll just say, yeah, I'll see you later. And not, not goodbye. Uh, because it's, it's a little tough to do that. One of the great constants in life is God. He will never say goodbye, and, and we won't ever have that conversation. And I think that man was not meant to be separated. I think from the beginning that death is separation, and that God cured that, and he will cure that one day. Uh, but for right now, relationships are, um, unless you're, you're married, and even then, you know, one day if you're married and, and you're committed to each other, you're going to be separated through death. Uh, that's the way that goes, and, unless you go together. There are some tough moments, I think, being a teacher. You can guard yourself. You know, do you guys ever realize how easy it is to be hurt when you love people mm-hmm. and to guard yourself against it, and therefore you don't love anyone? You know what I mean? You put these walls up so it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. So as a teacher, I could put walls up and say, well, I'm just going to not be connected. I'm not going to be emotionally connected. I'm not going to be – I'm just going to teach. You either learn it or you don't, and I'll go home and live my life, and you go home and live yours. Or you could be attached. But if you get attached, it's going to be uh, hard to say goodbye. That's all there is to it. And I would guarantee you that the pain of saying goodbye is worth it because uh, you can't love people and you can't have people a part of your life if you want to stay distant from them. You can't do that. Uh, I've seen too many young people already come to me. They've been hurt in relationships and they, uh, they build walls because of it. And so they got all these walls around them and then they come and talk to me about being lonely. And I'm sitting there going, you are lonely. Right? You built these walls. Yeah, well, I can't be in a relationship. I'll get hurt again. You will get hurt, man. Love's painful. That's the way it is. For all those parents that are saying goodbye to children, some from high school to college, some from college to careers, it's painful. And you need to be okay with the pain because in order to love, you're going to have pain. There's no doubt. And if you guard yourself from it, I pity you because you're, you're, you're taking away one of the greatest things God gave us to do, and that's to love and care for people. You will be in pain when you do that at some point, whether through sickness or death or separation of some sort, or even this, where you're launching young people into the next segment of their life. And you will find that, that life in the new season becomes normal again in a different way, and, and it's good. I mean, my wife and I, now our children have been gone many years. They're in their 30s. We love having them come home still. But they're in their 30s. They're not kids. 
You know, we do not treat them like kids. And honestly, it, you know, when they leave, it's it's fine. When they come, it's it's joyful. But there's, you know, we realize that that's how life is now. It's it's different, and it's good uh, as different. And you know, I'm already seeing that it'll be different again one day. Um, there'll be a day that my health and my wife's health are not as good as they were when we were young, and our daughters might have to help us more mm-hmm. and do things. And I did that with my parents. That's another season of life, and, and that will happen with them. So, you know, the, the, the idea of change being constant is there. Learn how to go through it. Learn how to enjoy it. And stay intentional about those things, again, that don't change. And uh, teachers, we know that. Uh, we're, we're saying goodbye to somebody every year. And so we know that. And I, and I would encourage teachers, don't let your heart get hardened where you don't care about your students enough that when they leave, it doesn't bother you. There, there's no guarantee for any teacher listening that you will have a class next year. There is no guarantee. Uh, you may not be there. Things could change. You don't know that. Enjoy the moment that you have to actually make a difference in somebody's life. That's interesting. Dave, isn't it, though, that you're excited for them? Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they go by. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's kind of that hurt, like you're not going to see them again. But I don't know. For me, I'm being a youth pastor. That was kind of for me. I, I enjoyed seeing students, and I'm going to be going to go some more graduation parties this year. And and I I'm excited for students that are graduating. I don't know if I, I don't know. Is that bad if I don't feel no. real sadness in that moment? Like I I'm I was more energized or excited for students. It's probably a mixed bag, and it depends on your. I think personalities are different. And I think it's probably a mixed bag. I'm very excited for the students to move forward. But you realize what you're doing is saying you're moving forward, at least for me with Nicolay Bible Institute, you're moving forward and I won't be a part of that anymore. Really? I mean, I, I was a part in this segment, but I'm not going to be in the future mm-hmm. because it's not like I'm their parent at this point. I'm a teacher. And many of the MBI students have gone through MBI. They're somewhere else in the world right now. And honestly, I have not had contact with them, you know, and I am not a part of their daily life. I'm not a part of, of what they're doing today. And so I'm excited for them in that sense. I'm really excited for them to move on. I'm also trying to be realistic and realize my segment with them is over. And I think for all of us, it's that way. I mean, that's what keeps me healthy, I think, is knowing that I have this moment in history but then it changes and it's over. And, and yeah, I think you're right. I think some will focus on the excitement of what's going to happen in the future. It depends on the child, I think, too, and the person. Some are scared because of the decisions that children are making or the young people are making. And I do think it matters in your personality. And my personality is very sentimental. I mean, it's, I grew up that way. I'm still that way. I'm quiet about it, but I, I very deeply care about the people I teach and uh, the people in my life. And, but I'm Swedish, so we just don't show it as much uh, in some respects. But I think that's, that, that's all in the range of normal, both being excited and uh, hopefully being sad. The thing I'm concerned about is when teachers or parents go, good riddance, get out of here. I, I'm, I'm not sure that's a healthy uh, attitude. Jason, Mike, real quick before we go to a break, do you guys think it's, it's similar from a youth pastor's perspective? Yeah, I would say I would say it's it's very similar. Like even just thinking at the students that I've encouraged as they graduated, I think in the word that comes to mind is almost bittersweet, you know, and it kind of summarizes the feelings that Dave was feeling, you know, where you're you're kind of bummed that you have to say goodbye to them, but at the same time you're super excited because you want to see them go out and and succeed, you know, in the way that you've trained them. You know, and so as I've, you know, kind of encouraged students have they, as they graduated, it's been that, you know, I, I'd probably say I'm more excited than I am sad because I know that, 
you know, they will go out and, and do successful things for the kingdom. So that was that was fun for me. All right, we're going to take a break here on the show. Remember to jump on the tweet back. If you're graduating, we'd love to hear some of your perspective tonight. Where are you at in this whole process? Is it a bittersweet thing for you? Are you excited? Are you scared? Let us know what you are feeling, what you're going through right now. On the tweet back, use the hashtag HNRTB, or you can also send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. So glad you joined us here on HopeNet Radio. Great conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV and be a part of the conversation with us. You can also shoot us an email anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Love reading your stories and your, some of your questions are really good too. And while we've been talking about graduation and all this, it, you know, it applies so much in life. You know, not only do we need to put God first when we graduate from high school, we need to put God first every single day because every day we choose whether or not we're going to follow God. Every day we choose to keep the faith or not. And the question of the night has been, what do we do? How is it that so many young people graduate from high school and they keep the faith? You know, sometimes we read headlines that are like, you know, how is it that students will graduate and they'll decide to walk away from church? And I don't really want to talk about that. That's not interesting to me. I'd rather hear about students and stories of how they keep the faith, because again, it's every single day we get to decide for ourselves who we're going to serve, who we're going to chase after, what we're going to chase after, and and how we pursue it. And so we've talked from different vantage points, and you know whether it's a teacher or a parent or you know whatever. I'd like to hear from you guys, Jason, Mike. You guys have both been in youth ministry. I'm right along with you guys, and and we've come to those points. We've probably graduated different classes. Jason, how many classes did you kind of go through in your time as in youth ministry? Oh, probably eight or nine or so wow. say. and did it change over those those years or was it always different uh e- each class had its own personality you know and so you the more i did it the more i realized that you know each class even though it was sad to say goodbye like i cherished it because they all had their different personality they all had the different things that was like oh man that was that was very memorable uh, if that makes any sense, you know, because then half of those classes was in a different country, you know, when I was in Ireland, you know, and so graduation isn't as big of a thing over there. And so it was more it was, it was just even a different life transition there as well. It was just fun being able to encourage students um, and really just uh, prep them for their next step in life. What was it like for them? Like you said, it's not that big of a is it not big of a deal for them or, or what is, what's different about graduation over there? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't do the whole ceremony cap and gown thing at all. Um, at age 16, actually they take a test, um, kind of similar to what we would consider like ACTs and stuff. And, but once they take that, they can be done with high school if they want. Huh. And then only if they're planning on going to university, um, do they stay on for the last two years of college. And so even by that point, you know, I'd say half of the students, are done with high school. And so only, only half I would say would go on to, to finish. And so even at that point, then kind of the culmination is, is they have a formal, um, their last year of high school. And it's kind of like a fancy dinner where everybody gets dressed up, um, and that sort of thing. And so that's kind of the commencement in a sense. And so that was really when you'd get people sharing and thanking and just kind of appreciating that the journey that they had and a lot of them getting excited for what their next step was. Did they wear those funny flat hats? Funny flat hats. <laughs> yeah. The mortar boards. Uh, no. Why do we do that? I mean, whoever invented that flat hat thing, that's, that's pretty ugly. 
Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Well, uh, I'll. How do you know that? You don't know that. You just made that up. You don't. You, it's not that you don't now, not know that. Who, who would wear those? I mean, I mean, you ever think about why we wear those hats? I don't know. Is it so you can balance books on top it's of so them? So you can pull what the, the body world? out of it. Clearly. Okay. Clearly. I don't even know how we got talking about hats. Me neither. <laughs> it happens. Uh, I'm going to give you a flat hat and a kilt. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, we're, keep going yeah, they don't here. go together, do they? We're digressing. Mike, yeah. what do you think from your perspective? <laughs> like, what was it like? Have you had a lot of graduates from your youth ministry days? I think for me, thinking about it, uh, it's different for me now. Uh, I'm in a season of my life that's extraordinary for a youth pastor. Uh, I've been serving at my church that I'm at in Green Bay for almost five years. Wow. So I've actually been able to... Uh, see a class from their freshmen to their seniors. Uh, there's a lot of youth pastors that can't say that, and we can look at statistics and realize that a lot of youth pastors, they might last anywhere between eight months to 14 months, and they're moving on to the next thing, and which is a sad statistic. And really, you know, thinking about it, a teenager from sixth grade to 12th grade could go through like six different youth pastors, mm. and that just blows my mind there. But for me, being able to be in a place for five years, uh, and be able to see them from you know the freshman year to now graduating this senior year means so much more to me uh, than in my previous ministries and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's because it's that coach mentality. You got your players coming up, and you've seen them the whole way through. And for me, that's huge because I've been working with these teenagers. I've seen them grow through the last couple years. I've seen uh, the life decisions they've made as a teenager and look forward to seeing their life decisions as an adult because of some of the choices that they made uh, throughout the student ministry. And so there's always going to be that excitement. There's always going to be that little, uh, I don't know if they're ready to graduate youth group or graduate high school. Are they ready to go out on their own? Maybe we should keep them another year. There's always that (laughs) thought. You're like, hey, if I could just have one more year with them, but you got to let them go. And so for me, uh, that's been a huge thing is being able to actually stay in one place and see students come through the uh, student ministry program, and that's huge. Yeah, that is. And for you, seeing that that transition over those years, I mean, that's kind of a neat, neat perspective. Does that does that make this graduation year a little bit tougher for you as far as letting go? I think so, a little bit. I haven't really thought as much because we got to wait a little bit. I'm sure after the summer, I'm going to reflect a lot more and look back and be like, wow, um, this was a lot deeper for me. And so for me, I'm excited for them now because I know they're <laughs> jumping into life and I'm hoping that they continue to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And I realized too that those, you know, couple years that I had with them, I did my best to love on them and to show them that I love Jesus and to encourage them. And I'm hoping that, you know, even if they fall down, they'll get back up. And so, and I'm there. The door's always open to, you know, come back to me 10, 15, 20 years because, you know, if they need anything on that aspect, I'm there to listen. And so sometimes that's all you can do is let them go and be there in case they they need listening ears down the road. And What is the most important thing that you want your graduates to hear? What's your final message to them? Final message is, is to continue to follow Jesus, to love Jesus. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing. I can teach them everything I know about the Bible. I can teach them the books of the Bible. I can teach them memory verses. I can teach them everything. But them looking at my modeled life and living my life and my love towards Jesus means more. 
Uh, and I'm taking that from my youth pastor. My youth pastor is still in uh, youth ministry today, and I watched him model that out. And I can go back home to Pennsylvania anytime I want, and, and I know he's still modeling that out for students, and that mm-hmm. was huge to me. I don't remember his lessons. Yeah. I don't remember very much from my youth ministry. That was like 13 years ago. But I do remember how he loved Jesus, he loved students, and he invested in us. And, you know, that's something for me is hmm. to continue to be there for them and let them know that my door's open. I love Jesus and I love them. Yeah. Jason, what was your final message to students? Yeah, I would say it was very similar. You know, I, I challenged them to be intentional and to really get involved because I think for sometimes in high school, it's easy to hit the, 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 the coast button, you know, or the autopilot button just because you're surrounded by the network you know, whether it's your parents, youth group, that sort of thing. And so it's natural and easy to be living out your faith. But when you take your step out into college or out into whatever their next step was, you had to be more intentional about keeping that network around you, you know, because the relationships with their parents are gonna, is going to change. They won't necessarily have a youth group, you know, that's going to change. And so even going back to what Dave was saying earlier in the show is is really focusing on those things that, that do last and don't change. And and making sure that they surround themselves with people that can encourage them and challenge them to grow. Because if they don't, then the, the tendency is that they just surround themselves with people that don't necessarily care about that sort of thing. And that's when they can fall away. And so it was really just trying to challenge them to say, hey, just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Do what it takes to make sure that you keep doing that. And if I could throw one more thing in, once they graduate student ministry, continue to follow up with them. Make yeah. sure they get plugged in at college or in a workplace with other Christian organizations or churches and make sure that they stay connected in their relationship with Jesus. Send them a card. Send them a Starbucks coffee card when finals week comes around. Stay yep. connected. Yep. Dave, what are your final words for graduates this year? I would go with Joshua and his final words. You know, Choose this day who you're going to serve. Um, and as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord very much what these two guys were saying. In other words, you choose. I have chosen. I'll be there. Watch me. And uh, I'll be there for you. All right. Connect with us on the tweet back. We're going to hang out there for a little bit longer. On Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts with us tonight on the show. Also remember, subscribe to the podcast. The HopeNet Radio podcast is available on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher Radio app. Go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast to learn more about that. And also, tonight's show note is available, HopeNet360.com. You can go and check out the show notes. Lots of different things that we post there and stuff we talked about on this episode and, of course, previous episodes as well. So for all of us here on HopeNet Radio, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Later. Bye.